This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. Meanwhile in Memphis is a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. The Meanwhile in Memphis radio show and podcast are brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource, its people. Your hosts today are me, Rebecca Hamm, and my colleague, Anna Thompson. Before we get started, we want to share a few upcoming events that we have in store. You can always stay up to date on the happenings of New Memphis at newmemphis.org slash events. TEDx Memphis 2024 speaker applications are open and they will stay open through February 29th. TEDx Memphis is building a playlist of big ideas for Memphis and beyond. What will you add to the mix? Make sure to get your application in at tedx-memphis.com by February 29th. We are exactly one week away from our Celebrate What's Right Creative Economics afternoon event over at the Kent, where we will be discussing art, culture, and the impact on our city and state's bottom line. And we are so excited about our awesome panelists. We hope to see you there. That is, again, February 27th at the Kent. You can learn more about it at newmemphis.org slash events. Today, we are excited to discuss community connectivity and why starting to understand the value of your network is the key to building valuable relationships that can impact your daily life and your career. Joining us today are Dana Wilson and Anthony Miles. Both guests are established leaders who are actively working to build more and stronger leaders in Memphis. Dana Wilson is the president and CEO of Bridges, which is an organization that serves more than 5,000 youth annually with plans to expand. You'll get to hear more about Dana's work in today's conversation, and you can learn more and connect with this organization at bridgesusa.org. Also joining us today is Anthony Miles, a.k.a. Tony. Tony is already transforming leaders on college campuses and beyond, and we're eager to hear about his leadership journey. Without further ado, let's welcome our guests. Good morning, Dana and Tony. How are y'all this morning? I'm doing just fine. Blessed to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you both here. Um, we're going to get started by having each of you introduce yourselves and your respective organizations or where you are most closely affiliated. So, Dana, we can get started with you. Sure. Um, I am the president and CEO of Bridges, and Bridges is a youth development organization We unite and inspire diverse youth to become confident and courageous leaders committed to community transformation, which is a big mouthful, but really it comes down to three main things. We are bringing young people from across the greater Memphis area together to learn and develop the skills they need to be great leaders and not just for their own personal benefit, but so that they can benefit the world that we are creating together, that we are leading together. And so we really focus on um, helping young people be the leaders that we need today. Um, they will grow up and be even better leaders, but we they don't have to wait. And so um, I'm just excited to be here to be a part of this conversation. So what about you, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony? <laughs> right now, I'm a senior civil engineer major at the University of Memphis, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I'm currently the president of Empowerment of Color, which is an organization found by a group of illustrious black men um, who saw fit to um, increase the retention rate of minority males on campus. 
I'm also the co-director of a program named Alternative Break Experience, which is a program that brings together a group of students to travel to a different community and serve that community within itself, um, as well as the new Mr. University of Memphis. And so I got initiated with that last semester. I had to do a lot with that. And so now I'm working to implement the initiatives that I was promoting last semester. Exciting. You have a full plate, a full load for sure. Absolutely. So thank you for making time for us today. It's so exciting to have folks who are championing leadership at every age and every level. Dana, can you talk to us a little bit about why it's important to not only look to our most seasoned and experienced citizens as leaders? Yeah, well, first off, I just want to say so um, excited to share the mic with you, Tony. This is really fun. Um, But also, yeah, to answer your question, um, there's a lot of reasons. And I think um, one, often we think about adults um, who are charged in their jobs and, and through leadership and control of systems that deeply affect the lives of young people. And so often those systems don't seem to be working well, um, particularly for the folks who are in those systems. So like you could think about public education as a system or healthcare. Um, and we we believe that the youth who are experiencing those systems have expertise on their own lives on and they have un- their own unique perspectives. The world is changing more rapidly today than ever before. And so the needs of young people today are very different than the needs of young people even five years ago. And so if we don't center the experience and expertise and lived experience of young people in decision making that affects them directly, we're missing the mark. So there is an ethical thing of like sort of doing with versus doing to one another, which Mm -hmm. we know in leadership is really important to build buy-in, to build connections, to build um, shared power and shared authority. Like we all want those things. I mean, it's it's the kind of the root of democracy. Um, but there's also sort of financial and pragmatic things, I think, um, especially with the most sort of protracted challenges we have as a as a society, um, that we we seem to get further and further away from the solutions when we don't listen to the people who are directly affected. And I would say that, you know, we think about that from young people, but I think that that's true for any population, right? If you're going to make a community more accessible, you should talk to the people who need more accessibility, right? And then if you did that, it would benefit all of us, right? We've seen that. Um, And I think that's true too. If we built an education system that was centered around the the real needs of young people, um, then ultimately we would all be better off, right? So so there's a lot of reasons to do it. But, um, and, and the other side of it is just like looking at, like you, Tony, I mean, having those opportunities to shape the world you live in are good for you. <laughs> it helps you be a better person. It helps you be um, more committed to the world that you live in. It, it helps you find what you're passionate about and pursue that passion. Like young people are not cogs and wheels, you know, it's like our brains don't change when the bell rings at school, you know? <laughs> um, so we're, I think young people deserve the opportunity to co-create the world that they live in. So that's that's really the philosophical strong why um, that we believe in that at Bridges. And and our goal is really just to help um, help young people develop the skills they need to step into those conversations. So like also as young people, we're growing and developing. Young people are growing and developing at a very quick rate, you know, so that that age bridge that we the age range we work with is early adolescence through the end of high school primarily. 
And that's a huge time of transition in a young person's life. And so having these types of leadership opportunities and experiences, but also doing it in a way that is safe and scaffolded and fun and adventurous is a huge part of just developing into your better self, your best self, um, and ultimately what makes a better city. What's so interesting about the way that you just described that, Dana, is that like we've had a few conversations. One was with Creative Aging, and they made the a note that you would never um, lump the first like 20 years of a person's life into one category. There's like there's infant, there's toddler, there's school aged, there's, you know, adolescent, there's teenager, there's young adult. But they were like, so why do we do it with elder, you know, people? So it's just to your point, there is so much development happening in that time frame and the ways that we need to have the resources available to access and meet those needs. How has this been true for you, Tony? Absolutely. So I'm a firm believer that how you view what you do will always affect how you do what you do. And so when I came in, before I came to school, I really didn't understand the importance and cognizance of um, being involved on campus. But when I came from, when I went to high school, uh, I was I wasn't as involved as I should be or as I could have been. I was so um, focused on sports and just going to school and just academics. I was salutatorian at that time. Congratulations! And so when I graduated, I graduated at COVID during that time, and so it was kind of rough. And we was on Zoom, and I really didn't understand like the necessity of being involved and adding value to the lives of other people. It wasn't until I began to venture and explore like what it actually means to be a beacon and a light, as Dana meant, um, to be a beacon and a light in the lives of other people. I took my first trip to Peru my sophomore year, and through that I began to recognize how much we as human beings take a lot for granted. And so uh, after that, I began to just explore and become more involved in many different things. And so I realized that it's never too late to, to start. Like, Dana, in her age, like she's still making a difference. Right now, I'm making a difference. And it's never too early, too late to start. And so we have to begin to like explore that and begin to induce people to let them know that whatever you do now is it's changing somebody's impact and whether it's impacting them for the good or whether it's impacting them for the bad. But it is impacting them. And so we have to begin to let them know that. So, Tony, um, alongside your academic pursuits, you're also engaged in real estate, a profession you plan to sustain post-graduation, and additionally, a career in construction-based engineering, another one of your aspirations post-graduation. You also mentioned that you are the reigning um, Mr. University of Memphis, and as a platform for that, it was invest in your future. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit more about... Did you choose this platform? Was it chosen for you? How did you choose it? Yes, ma'am. When I first came um, to the University of Memphis, I had no clue if I was going to be Mr. University of Memphis or not. A lot of people was telling me due to my involvement, I was like best for the job. But I was still praying on it. And I was like, um, what could I do to basically add value to the students around me? And so when I thought about that platform, I tried to figure out what it was, what students were struggling with and what I was struggling with. And a lot of students, when they come into college, they have no understanding of finances and the struggles that it gives them causes them to do either three things, drop out or get a job, work long, hard hours, take away from their academic studying or either just take out large amounts of student loans. And so basically that platform is geared towards providing students with the necessary financial information that they need, not only to be successful in the classroom, but outside the classroom as well. And so that's what basically started that program and initiation. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Can you share a little bit more, Dana, about the youth programs that are available through Bridges? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
Well, we serve about 5,000 students a year through various program levels, but I'm going to talk about what we call Bridge Builders Collaborate, or which is our year-round youth um, youth leadership program. And so uh, we are currently actually recruiting students in, that are 6th grade through 11th grade uh, who can apply to be a part of the Bridge Builders program. There's no GPA requirement. You don't have to have like a lot of previous leadership experience. What we're looking for is that um, students who apply have a disposition to learn to be a leader and a desire to serve their community. Like that is really what we're looking for. Um, and uh, so students can apply and then they would come in and, and participate in our program. And it is um, a week long intensive summer conference experience. So it's a it's an intense leadership development week, Monday through Friday. And so for um, rising seventh graders through rising 10th graders, it is at the Bridges Center. Um, we are located across the street from St. Jude in Uptown. Uh, our building is really cool. It has a ropes course in the ceiling and a rock wall, and it's a kind of wild and fun place. So it is a very much an unschool kind of experience, but we call it a conference because it's not a camp. Um, it really is a coming together of leaders, um, and the students do experiential learning activities, and then um, and then the um, they will participate in programming throughout the following school year. Um, our rising juniors and seniors are actually at the University of Memphis. They stay on the they stay in the dorms. They have roommates. They're um, doing all of the programming that we we do with them on campus. Um, and that is a really awesome experience for students to kind of get that college campus feel. Um, and and so all those students come through. Um, we we the summer program is where a lot of the growth happens. But the school year program is really essential because it's where you get to take what you learned over the summer and figure out how you're going to apply it in your life, right? Um, so we have ongoing leadership trainings, community action projects, because we know getting out in the community and getting your hands dirty and and doing things that benefit the community helps you learn and grow as a leader. And we also have electives because we know that students coming from all walks of life, they've often never been to a place in Memphis that they need to see or they've never experienced either something that's cultural or artistic that maybe um, could be really fun. So we we expose students to all sorts of fun activities um, and those all of those things we do through partnerships with other organizations and and things happening in the city. So um, when you become a bridge builder, you get a lot of deep dive kind of personal growth, but then you get plugged in um, because I, I think, Tony, you really like embody this, right? Like leadership is not an inward journey. It is an outward journey as well. And so we want to make sure that students um, that come through the Bridges experience have a a wide kind of menu of things to explore. And so um, the students we're looking for, they don't necessarily have to be the um, the the leader that you would expect. Like, Tony, you are like so clearly a leader. Um, <laughs> and, and we love having students like Absolutely. you in the program, um, and we do. But there's also students who come into the program who are really quiet, and they don't know what they're all about yet. You know, and sometimes I call them sleepers. It's like my favorite kind of student. <laughs> Because, you know, you might come in and you're doing these team building activities with your friends and you 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 don't maybe you haven't found your voice yet, but you will find it in an intensive week with folks and you'll find what you're interested in. And then helping students um, who maybe uh, aren't quite sure what they're passionate about, figure out what their passion is and find their voice. And that can be like really exciting, too. So um, so that's really what we do. We also have um, a youth action center. So we we actually partner with organizations. Um Mostly here in Memphis, but we're working nationally as well. 
um, to help increase youth voice and um, decision making. So that's like whether it's in government, um, in education, in um, community building efforts. So um, we we also have the Youth Action Center, and a lot of those opportunities are for students who have come through the year-round program. They've gained some of those leadership skills, and now they're like, I'm ready to do it. <laughs> and so they jump in, and they do these um, Youth Action Center projects, and they can get really involved. And those are generally paid opportunities because we don't want – it's a, it takes a lot of commitment to get in there and lead and do the work. It's, a, it's like an after-school job, essentially. This is something that the students who do it are very committed to. And they're building the capacity of other organizations. They are building our community alongside the adults. And we believe that they have to be compensated. Um, and also, we want it to not be a barrier, right? So, like, if you needed to get an after-school job, this is a after-school job you can choose, right? This is something that will be worth your time and, and help build you up. So, that's a long answer, but <laughs> a lot of exciting things. That's fascinating, Dan. I'm actually interested in joining that program as well. But I do have a question for you. A lot of people have a light about themselves in the fire, which is the fire that I somewhat brought out through the journey that I had. And so my question to you is, what is it exactly do you guys do with that program that helps to build those people? Because everyone wants to be a leader, but not everyone is willing to do the things that it takes to be a leader because they're fear of venturing out and stepping out their comfort zone. So what exactly do you guys do with those programs to help bring that light out? those who may be in darkness at the moment? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so our methodology is really about experiential education. So um, what that means is it's like you're not going to sit and get a PowerPoint that's like a leader does X, Y, and yeah. Z, right? So what we'll do is we'll bring a group of students together. Um, we try to make it a pretty even playing field. So like no one knows each other. Right. No, Everyone's yeah. like equally awkward at the beginning, <laughs> you know. And so um, and then we have really well-trained facilitators. So we actually college students um, participate in our programming as kind of guides, okay. facilitators. Um, we have an AmeriCorps program. So those are, um, you know, there's a living stipend that comes with that and college scholarship money that comes with that as well. If 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 students and we always love having awesome students from the University of Memphis come. So we'll talk about that later. Okay, <laughs> That's an offline conversation we're going to have. Um, but so those facilitators are really key because they're close in age to the students. They're like that one step up. Right. Like mm. um, and uh, in terms of just like experience. And so they we have a, a structured curriculum. We train the facilitators in that curriculum and they guide the students through the activities. Now, the activities are challenges, like group challenges, Absolutely. all sorts of group challenges. And the groups don't always su complete the challenges yeah. successfully. It just mm -hmm. doesn't. It just depends, you know. Yeah. But every time we do those group challenges, the, the group sits down in a circle and they reflect on what happened. So we ask, what did we just do? How did you feel in that process? And then we think about what did you learn and how do you apply that to your life? And that is how you learn, right? Absolutely. Like, that's how you learn to I be a leader it. is to reflect. I mean, I think you you said it so well in those um, trips you're taking to, to Peru Absolutely. and other places, right? You are giving back to the community, but you are gaining through those experiences, Absolutely. right? Like, they're changing the way you see the world. They're changing the way you interact with people. They're changing how you, how they're helping you grow as a leader, right? And so... We create small and then larger experiences, Absolutely. kind of very similar to what you're doing. I think it's like we're on the same wavelength for sure. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, we have a class for the Peru trip. I didn't go in depth with it. But we have a class before we go out to that community and serve it. We have to basically like do activities, get to know each other, the people that's in that class. And so we have to lead different icebreaking activities like you mentioned and debrief right after. So that story kind of hit me as well. That's yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So you mentioned 
several times that so much of your leadership development is a journey. Um, It's not so much about getting the best score on the outcome of a project. It's really about taking that time to that extra time to invest in yourself and your journey. And Tony, you've done quite a few things that are extracurriculars. And and one thing I wanted to call out is your participation in New Memphis's J. Uberall Accelerate program. What what did you gain from that and why was it important for you to connect through a dedicated program as you were going through classes? You're doing that on top of your regular schoolwork Absolutely. to invest in your leadership. It's all about doing more than enough um, for me. Um, distinguishing myself is the best thing that I could ever do. With New Memphis, it gave me valuable um, skills that I can use in any aspect or area in my life. It allowed me to become a better communicator, allowed me to use my strengths to leverage uh, for the communities that I serve as well as it allowed me to network and become affiliated with different professionals like yourself. Um, It also allowed me to understand the the importance of what it means to give and receive. A lot of us as leaders, we understand how important it is to give, but receiving on the back end is just as important. And so becoming affiliated with Caleb and the different people uh, with New Memphis, they allowed me to understand that. And so it's been a, a good, important journey in my steps to become who I am today and becoming Mr. University of Memphis. What advice would you give to a fellow student who is showcasing that spark a little bit that they they think they maybe want to lead, but they're not sure? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked me that. Um, I always done good throughout my journey, but I've never been recognized. And so my favorite quote is Galatians 9, 6. It says, let not grow weary and well doing for in due season you shall reap and you faint not. So in layman's term, that means never get tired of doing good because if you if you continue to do good, eventually you'll reap what you sow. And so um, throughout my journey, not being recognized has greatly helped me because it has allowed me to stay consistent in what it was that I was doing. No matter how big or small it was, it was always changing someone. And so that person who has not lit their um, fire yet, I would say just continue to do what it is you're doing. Eventually, when you step out your comfort zone, you'll begin to light that fire and everything. And every, it's your show. I have a follow up question, yeah. <laughs> actually. Um, so, Tony, what would your advice as like a you know, young emerging leader, like you have, well, I would say you have emerged. You are definitely the leader. <laughs> what advice would you have for, um, for youth serving organizations mm. who are trying to support young people and achieving the things that you're achieving? I would say um, to be receptive um, to what it is that is going on around. Oftentimes we, um, as leaders kind of, uh, look at what we're doing and try to put that off on others. But if we just look and see what it is that the youth needs help with, then that'll be better and more applicable to bringing them in and helping to develop them in a way. And so uh, just listening to them, I feel like that'll be great. Um, that's one of the most important things. Another thing I would say is um, just allowing them to understand how big networking has on them, because I didn't understand that. But being um, able to see professionals like yourself and being able to see how you lead I feel like that that plays a big part in us as youth. So I'm curious too. This like is a sidebar from that, but like, how does personal experience, this experiential learning, like you were talking about, Dana, and with you having your own experiences in leadership, Tony, how does it differ from the textbook knowledge of what you would say leadership is? Absolutely, textbook knowledge is just objective. It's something that you see. Not everything. I mean, it may appear as a fact, but do we really know what a fact is? Based with experience, we're able to be able to we're able to use our own experiences. It's a perceptive thing. So if you go out with me being a real estate agent, I knew all the knowledge I knew that I read from the book. 
But when I went out, it was somewhat different. You have to basically like get acclimated with what it is you're doing. Textbook, it's not. It's just there just so you can understand what exactly is going on. But experience is more subjective. You have to use your own perception, throw your own sort of flavor on it. And so that's kind of the difference between textbook and, you know, actually having the experience. What have you seen, Dana, with um, the scholars that come out of the Bridges program? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I can't say it any better than that. <laughs> that <was laughs> like, the salt and flavor that I comes mean, completely. Um, no, but I mean, and I have a master's degree in, in educational leadership. So, like, I studied leadership um, within the education sector, uh, you know, literally out of the textbook. Yeah. Um, and and I will say the information that I've learned and that the, there is a certain type of reflection that can come through that kind of study, right? But it doesn't translate it's in the way that that um, that those experiences really do. And I think that what, I think the difference, if I had to really think about it, is it's in the relationships we have with people. Like you talked about networks, but at the heart of, leadership is our relationship to one another right and so you can't really learn how to do that out of a book you only learn to do that when you're like knee deep in the mud with other people trying to figure it out you know like you have to you have to get in there and do that work um with other people and that's where you learn about other people and you learn about yourself what sort of impacts have you been able to see in memphis with us being a community that has such rich leadership development opportunities, starting with the youth in this pipeline to go to collegiate leadership programs all the way up through the boardroom and the C-suite level. You know, what does it mean for our community to have the investment of organizations like Bridges and the programs that you've been through, Tony? How is that shaping our city? I mean, I I cannot go anywhere and um, not meet a bridge builder that's doing amazing things. I mean, it just I mean, it, we've been doing this program for 35 years. I walked into your office and I like looked up and I saw multiple bridge builders. Like Absolutely. they're in, they're on your staff. They are in the hospitals and the corporations. In fact, another, you know, my mom was sick this past, uh, la- the last half of last year. And I spent a lot of time at the hospital and I would often be wearing a Bridges sweatshirt or a Bridges <laughs> t-shirt. And the number of times people working in every level and that hospital would stop and be like, do you work at Bridges? <laughs> and we'd have these, amazing conversations, you know? Um, and and so I could go into specific stories, but I really think the the proof is in the fact that anytime I step into a room and I'm like, I'm going to talk about Bridges. Is there anybody else who has a relationship with Bridges? And hands always go up. And um, and usually I ask them what their experience is with the organization. And so what, what that means to me is that when we invest in people and their ability to develop themselves as leaders and, and develop, develop their interests and their passion and the skills that align to that we all benefit like every single corner of the community benefits from that you've both um spoken a lot about understanding and knowing the value of relationships and your network um what would each of you have to say to young people i mean dana you said that bridges starts as young as rising seventh graders or sixth graders i mean i i'm trying to think of what i was things I was thinking about was probably like doodling my future husband's name on like my trapper keeper or whatever. Like, and so I'm just like, it's just a totally different headspace than I feel like so many young people are in today, Tony. Like I look at you and I'm like, I would have never, it would have never occurred to me to do a handful of the things that you've done all before you're 25 years old. Absolutely. So can you share how 
and why the young people of today should understand the value of relationships in a network, especially in a community like Memphis? Absolutely. Um, we put a lot of um, a lot of, I would say, importance on being what it takes to be successful, but not enough importance on what it takes to be big. And the difference, the discrepancy between that is to be successful doesn't require anything particularly special about yourself. All it requires is dedication and hard work. And anyone pretty much can do that. But to be big requires something genuine, authentic and uh, true about yourself. And so basically to, to say that, um, I would say that it takes all of that in one to be who you have been called to be. And so we need to put more importance on that, I would say. So. Dana, do you have um, additional advice or for why young people should understand? I mean, I feel like network is such a vague term and we're like, oh, come network know your network and we use it in so many ways like that that it doesn't feel real or tangible Absolutely. but when you call it relationships like you did Dana it's like oh understand the value of your relationships understand that we are all individual threads of this tapestry of our city and so the sooner you recognize that the more yeah you you know care about the other Absolutely. threads Absolutely I think that also relationships are often the gateway to um opportunities and expansion. And so I think about young people who come to Bridges and they know the friends in their school and they and their family and maybe their church community, right? And then they come into Bridge Builders and suddenly they know students from all across the community. And they've had conversations that they have had nowhere else, right? It's like, and that just expands the possibilities, right? And so, and it, relationships it's not just transactional, right? Like it's transformational. And I think that that's important to think about when we're talking about building networks. Yes, it is kind of who you know, but it's like how that relationship shapes you as a person is going to get you even further. Um, and it is also who you know, you know, I mean, um, I always joke like the thing I kind of love about Memphis is its scale. I like we are all like two degrees separated. Like you can literally get like if I just hear about a person, I'm like, how do I find that person? Like I can think of like two, one or two people and I'm steps away from that person. And I will get there, you know. Um, and and so I think that Bridges is a web of a network. Um, and so I think about you may come to, through Bridges as a sixth grader or seventh grader, rising seventh grader, and you go for a few years and then. You end up deciding, I'm going to go to college at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. And then suddenly you're showing up and there's like not all your friends are there. It's a totally new community. But you're going to know a bunch of people who you did Bridge Builders Absolutely. with. You're going to see them and you're going to be like, I know you. Green group, you know. And, <laughs> and, and then you just keep going, you know. And um, and that's one thing I do hear from Bridge Builders is that like it, it's just like having that network that you can go and pursue these things. But you're going to see some people you know. Um, and then the adults that we work with, the service opportunities, those leadership opportunities, those are who's going to give you your first internship. That's who's going to like if, you know, we I, I remember some years ago when we started before we started the Youth Action Center. So the thing that led to that was a partnership we had with Le Bonner. Um, and it was around uh, young people learning about sort of reproductive health. It was it was funded through some HIV prevention work. Um and we had we were asking our students what did you, what do you want to be when you grow up just to kind of see what students were interested yeah. in and there you'd be surprised how many high school students would say i want to be an obgyn and i was like really that's cool so then we could reach back to those students and say hey i heard you want to be an obgyn um we have this really cool program that you can go through with labonner that's around um sexual health and wellness and you can 
help them shape their programs for high school students and provide that youth input. But then they would also work with residents from the University of Tennessee and help them develop the skills to have conversations with teenagers about their own reproductive health, because that's like a training that all residents kind of need, right? And so then you now you have high school students who think they, you know, they at this time, they want to be an OBJYN talking to residents, uh, you know, in this conversation about the work they could be doing in the future. I mean, it's just getting in the room, you know? So like those kind of opportunities are priceless. Absolutely. I would like to add to that. um, In everything you do, you're making a connection with someone or somebody. Uh, There's a quote that says, if you have the hearts and minds of people, you will never write a check that says insufficient funds. And so oftentimes I get the question of what I want to be when I grow up from different engineers in my um, studies. And so the question is not what I want to be. I want to be more than what it appears that I want to be. Um, I try to tell my other engineering students that um, that you have to get outside of your scope. You have to meet other different people because the education is important, but it's not everything. And so the more you get outside and venture and meet other people and get that network, the better off you'll be outside when you graduate. Because I still don't know what I want to be, but I know that once I graduate, due to the network that I made and the people that I came into contact with, I'm going to be well off. I'm going to have the job that I want to have, and I'm going to be able to go to where I want to get. What would you say to people who are just like, yeah, but I I don't think that I can do that. I don't think, you know, I'm already, you know, a student. I'm already doing X, Y, Z. I just don't have any one time for extras. I don't have the mental or emotional bandwidth to like give to these other organizations. They're probably going to want a lot of my time or my money or things like that. Like what advice would you give to students who just feel like overwhelmed at the thought of getting out of their comfort zone? Um, To start small. A lot of times we, um, I would say for me, I'm kind of selfish as well with my time, but you prioritize for time for what, whatever it is that you want, whether that's going to class, whether that's going to work, you're doing what it is, but is what, what you're doing is that getting you somewhere. And so what I like to tell students all the time, I'm a busy person, but the things that I'm doing serves a purpose. And it's not just about me. It's about the people that's around me. And so just letting them know that what you're doing, is it affecting the people around you? Are you serving the people around you? And so true worth is not measured by the payment of receiving. It's, it's measured by the, the price of giving. And so you have to be able to give in order to get where you want to be. And just simply working that job, simply going to class, is that getting, getting you where you want to go? And then I also say to myself that although I do a lot, am I getting a lot done? And so I try to make mm-hmm. a lot. I try to make sure people know that whatever it is that I'm doing, making sure that it has its own purpose. Just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. And so everything that I do has to have a purpose. I'm going to sign up for the like school of Tony right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you must be able to say no to some things, yeah, right? You, like, it, cause it's like, it's like, that's what I hear you saying too, right? It's yeah. like, you've got to make, um, not investing in yourself shouldn't be the option, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to do that, that's but cool. you don't have to do everything. everything and you probably should prioritize. And like, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a lesson I, you know, continue to try to learn Absolutely. in my life. I think you know? we all as leaders try to learn that lesson because it's kind of hard for me to say no whenever someone asks me to do something, especially with me being Mr. University of Memphis. Yes. So, yeah, that's something I got to get better at as well. <laughs> but yes, for every yes, there's a no. For every no, there's a, you know, it's, Absolutely. you can't say yes to one thing without saying no to something else. So having the wherewithal and the understanding, like you said, Tony, of like where you want to be, where are you trying to get to? Is this yes or this no going to help you get to that? 
end goal and then prioritizing each decision that way. And yeah, but the hard thing about that is, are you saying yes to the right things and are you saying no to the wrong things? That's the, that's the confliction right there. That is totally the point. Like, cause we always, I I often say um, at Bridges, like we can do anything, but we can't do everything. Mm. And so choosing the anything wisely is, is the key. Right. And I think that is, that is definitely it. But even if it's the wrong thing, it's still going to lead to your good. Is that right? Yeah. It I is. mean, you know, you, we all have to fail at we some do. things and along the way. Right. Like Absolutely. that's also like that's also really important. So that's actually an interesting point that you all are bringing up. So um, something that is often overlooked a lot of times in the early aughts of leadership and in leadership development is that failure is a huge part of long term success of just the, the, the journey that Rebecca talked about. Um, what advice would you give to individuals who just are in that moment? Like you said, Tony of darkness, and maybe they've fallen off the horse one too many times and they just don't think they can get back up again, whether they're again, Dana in sixth grade or whether they're students or whether they're senior leaders in their corporations and they're just feeling a little beat up right now. Absolutely. Um, I would say there is no such thing as failure. There is no such thing as failure. Um, Despite if you see it that way, um, it isn't. Because eventually everything will lead to your good. Consider the great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith goes on to produce perseverance, and perseverance must finish his race so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, in order to get to where you want to be, you have to go through that stronghold. You have to go through it because if not, you won't be able to sustain the good that comes along with it. And so that's what the advice I give to person that see, see a, a failure as a failure. It's not really a failure. What about you, Dana? Yeah, I mean, I, I I always sort of say, like, never underestimate the power of a good reframe. Um, because, like, you know, you, you're in a situation and it looks a certain way. And, like, if you can just take a step back and, you know, sometimes it's just taking a breath or taking a beat. Sometimes it's taking a getting a good night's sleep, right? But just we have to be able to sort of hold up the experiences we're having and look at them from various angles. And like you said, it's like, Something that looks like a failure in the afternoon might look like a really good lesson that you needed to learn in the morning, you know. Um, and and I, it's funny. I always joking like it's a, almost a joke at work that I'm like when something doesn't go really well, I like learn from it, and then I just kind of forget that it happened. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's just like you can't, you cannot dwell. I cannot. I don't know about others. I, it does me no good to get too mired in my own self-criticism you know um you've got to be humble you got to learn the lessons but um but you know um part of a part of leader is being able to pursue hope you know and like people say oh you got to be resilient and all of those things but really like i think we have to be um centered in in love and hope and and the desire to do good and i think that like will get you further than anything um and the other thing is just like, um, it comes back to the power of relationships. When I feel like I'm really having a hard time, I count on the people that I love, you know? And so I, I, I get that, that reframe often comes in, in the relationships that I have with my family or my friends and just taking a moment to, to just, you know, um, be okay relying on others. It's Absolutely. okay for leaders to rely on others too. And then it can always be worse whether you know it or not. <laughs> True. It could. You know, while our program at Bridges, we have um, our core work is the work of bridge builders. So we're really developing middle and high school youth to be leaders in support of that mission. We have a pretty amazing AmeriCorps program. And so um, we have 
uh, anywhere from six to eight um, young people who are often either taking like a gap year during college or it's the year after they graduate from college and they're looking to have just sort of a personal and professional development experience before they enter their workforce or maybe before they consider grad school or something like that. Um, and you can come and do a full year of service at Bridges. And it um, it is like a living stipend situation. So it's enough money to live on. It's not a it is not a long term career. <laughs> um, it is a program. Um, but as a part of that, you get a college scholarship on completion. So it's um, it's called the Siegel Ed Award. It's a national program through the National Corporation for Community Service. And so that can go to help pay off student loans or go towards graduate school. Um, and in that program of AmeriCorps, you learn to be a you know exceptional facilitator um, to lead um, experiences, and then you work alongside of our staff. Um, and it's really structured in a way that helps um, young professionals really explore career opportunities, particularly in education and nonprofit. Um, and there's sort of checkpoints along the way, so it is like a sort of structured experience where we kind of help you also figure out what's next in life. And you're also in a cohort. So you're with other people who are kind of asking the same questions. Um, and then we have summer members as well. So you can serve in a full-time capacity, but just over the summer months and um, and be a part of that. And we like partnering with um, New Memphis to make sure that our AmeriCorps members have amazing opportunities. Um, and uh, and we think that's a really great way for um for someone who's coming out of college and maybe just isn't sure, like I, they know they love young people. They know they love, um, they want to be able to help young people grow and develop, but they're not sure exactly where they're going. You know, maybe they're going to do become a psychologist. Maybe they're going to be a social worker. Maybe they're going to be a teacher or, um, or maybe they just don't know, you know, um, this is a great experience um, to build skills that are going to be useful in any of those contexts. Um, and also just to be a part of a community of people giving back. So, um, I, I think everybody can be um, great because everybody can serve. And I, I'm a big believer in national service and, and community service. Um, and I think that our society would be a lot better if all people, when they graduated from high school, went and served for a year, even maybe before going to college Absolutely. or doing something else. Um, like we'd be a really much stronger democracy if we all did that. Um, and so this is a way in which we um, hopefully can provide that opportunity for young people to be a part of Bridges. Yeah, I have a um, brief question for you, Miss Dana. Um, I know it took me a, a little minute to really understand the purpose of serving. Um, when I came from high school, I really didn't do much service, but I did some service, but I still didn't understand the importance of it. Um, at what point in your life did you would you say that you understand, you understood what service was and how it could add value to your life? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. Yeah, um, I... I think I grew up in a community, my the religious community I grew up in. So I'm Jewish and I grew up at Temple Israel. Mm -hmm. And so um, part of my upbringing was um, like this work that's called Tikkun Olam, which is like healing the broken world and giving back. And so that was like really very much drilled into me as a young person. And there was requirements like, what are you going to do? And um, and so I actually worked at the Memphis Jewish home. Um, which is a like nursing home basically. And so when I was in high school, I would just go and hang out with people and, um, and help out there. And I, to this day, I'm like, well, if I ever get fired from bridges, I can always just go work at the Memphis <laughs> Jewish home. Cause like I loved it so much. And, um, and I, and I do think that like just simple experiences like that really helped me. And then um, just have a mindset for service. But then when I went to college, like you, I got really involved and um, really like, activism on campus um this is a long time ago i'm 
like pretty old um but <laughs> but um but i will say like sometimes people will say well what did you major and i'm like well i majored in film production but i really majored in like the school of activism life and social change and i just happened to get a film degree along the way um because if you look at like how my life tracks my activity extracurriculars that uh, that i did in college shaped who i am today probably more than my classes did although i had some amazing professors who i still am in touch with today who are friends of mine or who are mentors um so i'm not gonna say that like class and education and all of those things didn't transform me but it was like working with peers and experiencing leadership and learning how to train others and um and lead things and and make changes and to my college campus those are the things that like got me on my trajectory so um I think probably I'm just a lucky person that fell in the right place. That's amazing. I love that. What about you? Like, what do you think sparked your your heart of service? Uh, just seeing other people's story and the way they live. When I went to Peru, I saw how they lived and how they took everything they had. And they was like, are we going to make the most out of it? A lot of times when we go through things as Americans, we go through things and we see it as, oh, we can get we can do so much better. But those people who were in Peru, they saw their story and they was like, oh, we're living the best life. And they had little to what we had. And so just seeing that, it allowed me to understand, like, the value of what it means to just be a light in the lives of others, just be a vessel. And so in order to be successful, you have to be able to serve. And like you said, anyone can be successful because you can serve. And so that's really what sparked it for me. It's so encouraging to hear your journeys and kind of your parallel paths. Um, and, and Dana, I wanted to circle back a little bit the way that you are paying your experience and your knowledge forward um, at scale by infusing our community with emerging leaders and established leaders here in Memphis. I'm curious about what's next for Bridges and how we can support this next era of leaders. Uh, thank you for that question. Yeah. So um, right now we are really um I think we're moving into a moment of kind of growth and and deepening the experiences youth can have at Bridges. Like we are seeing this next generation of young people are um, really passionate about the issues that we're facing as a global society. I mean, we are we are facing so many challenges um, and there's a lot of important changes that we're going to have to make if we're going to. Um, if everyone's going to have an opportunity to thrive in the future, right? And and we're also living in a world that's like hard and polarized. And um, and so the challenges are really big. And so what we're hearing from the youth in our um, programs is that we need to provide more uh, sort of more and deeper tracks to really explore some of the critical issues that we're facing as a community. Um, and And those issues that we end up facing will be chosen by the students in our program. Um, so I have a board of directors that like are who I report to, but I also have a youth advisory board who are high school students who are in our program who I meet with every month. Um, and they really shape the direction and, um, hold us accountable, um, as an organization. And so, um, I, I really look to the, those youth to help us figure out what's next, um, and they they hold town hall meetings with youth and across the organization. And so they like, you know, they gather the information and then they really bring it to to me and to the other staff to hold us accountable. So we're 
we're in a strategic planning process where we're figuring out like what this next wave of innovation is going to be. Um, we are also building out the Youth Action Center. So we've been doing the programming at the Youth Action Center for a couple of years now. We kind of started quietly in the pandemic because we knew we wanted to do it in 2019 and then 2020 got real weird. Um, and so we have built the program um, out and started kind of virtually even the first year. Um, and so but um, the space that the Youth Action Center has been in has been a space at Bridges that has been used for lots of different things. Um, and it definitely wasn't designed as a space for young people to come and learn and collaborate with adults to shape the future of our city <laughs> together. And so students and, uh, and architects worked together um, to design a new, um, sp a new space for this work. And we are about halfway through the construction of that space. So that's also coming up. Um, we'll have the, uh, a, a space, a hub for youth activation um, that will be fully operational in the next year. And so I think about those really exciting um, paid internship and leadership experiences that young people will have. And we're building the space for that really to flourish. And I think, um, you know, the programming also has lots of opportunities to expand. So what I hope the future looks like is young people leading with adults and the spaces that most matter everywhere in the city and those young people going on to be like Tony or like other um, like 22 year olds that are going to be shaping our, 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 our future. So, um, so yeah, just more leaders and, and more opportunities to shape Memphis. Are there opportunities for the community to support your work? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So first and foremost, you know, um, I think what I, I, I want to remind folks that we are in recruitment season. And so we want students from all walks of life. That's what makes the magic at Bridges is that, you know, you come to this organization and you are a young person who wants to lead. It doesn't matter whether you go to a private school or a public school or you're homeschooled or you go to virtual school. Um, you have a place at Bridges and it's in interacting with people from all across the community that you will figure out what kind of leader you need to be. Um, so getting involved. Um, but then there's also ways to give back. We love monthly donors. <laughs> so that's like small gifts, you know, like you can, if you believe in this work, like you could forego a cup of coffee um, once a month and give Absolutely. a little bit back to Bridges. Like that is not like too much of an ask, you know, but then um, we really rely on the, on the support of, our local corporations, our schools, um, colleges, and and to be a part of the work that we're doing too. So like, you know, we want a partner. We would love your sub financial support. Um, but, you know, I think first and foremost, I always want people to think that Bridges is a place for them. I love your philosophy and your heart posture is so amazing. Um, but my question to you is what could I do to like be a part of that program and what is it can I do to help better the leader that I am? How can I become become better? Wow. Um, I think you are an amazing leader. And so um I would I would love to like have coffee with you and, and figure out where you're going and how my networks might be able to serve you um on in your journey. And I think that's kind of like where these leadership Absolutely. journeys start, right? Um, but also, if you are interested in in becoming an AmeriCorps member, I could talk to you about that. And also, mm -hmm. if you'd be interested in like helping other students at U of M who could benefit from this Absolutely. experience, um, I think. And also, I think one of the things that we're I think we're figuring trying to figure out is that a lot of students who are coming to be service members are um, are are figuring out what what does it mean to serve, you know? And I think that like 
um, it's 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 a challenge, right? It and and because it, it's hard work, it you is. know, and it and it can be a slog, you know. And I think you know because yeah. you're like building organizations, Absolutely. and there's times you're in there and you're like, Ugh, you know. Um, so I think I would love it if if you know we could talk more about like how we help our AmeriCorps members um, develop themselves as service minded leaders because I think you get it, like Absolutely. you so clearly Absolutely. get it, and um and I and I think that you know um that that as we bring you know 30 to 40 college age students into bridges to become service minded leaders yeah. like them having opportunities to hear from you would be really powerful absolutely i like that thank you so much i appreciate that yeah oh this is so fun um i would be remiss if i did not also note that the recruitment information for new memphis's ju brawl accelerate program um if you want to learn more about the program, you can go to newmemphis.org or you can email Caleb at newmemphis.org with any questions. He would always be happy to hear from you. Absolutely. Tony can attest Absolutely. to Caleb's willingness <laughs> to um, chat with college students. It, um, the JU Brawl Accelerate program is a free semester-long experience that offers undergraduate students the skills and networks necessary to launch successful careers in Memphis. Students who complete the program earn a $350 stipend for investing in themselves and in our community. And the application for the fall term will open in March 2024 on the New Memphis website. Let's see. What's next for you, Tony? How can listeners learn more about you, follow along in the journey as you take Memphis by storm? Absolutely. So me and, me and Miss University of Memphis are in the process of planning um, everything that we said we was going to plan last semester. And so right now I'm planning um, my work, literary workshop as well as um, my panelists. And so you guys can come out. Um, I'm also planning on graduating December 24th. But before I graduate, I'm not done yet. Uh, I'm planning on doing a discipleship with uh, Pastor Courtney Richardson. And so I'm going to be doing that for a little minute and then hopefully get involved with youth ministry before I graduate. Exciting. exciting. It is. I'm well, excited for it. Yes. Well, we're excited that both of you had a quick minute to spend with us today and for all of the work and the ripple effects of each of your organizations and the uh, relationships that you're creating for our city. We're all better for it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you Thank all you. for having me. I appreciate it. Independent Bank is celebrating 25 years of sharing your stories, building your dreams, and serving you heroically. Find out how iBank can help you achieve your financial dreams at i-bankonline.com. Member FDIC.